This is the Entrepreneur Podcast with Amy and Jeff. We're a husband and wife team that has started and scaled salons in multiple markets, each with its own unique starting point. We launch each business with core strategies and by always staying true to our vision and brand. Tune in for ideas and inspiration on how to achieve wealth in your salon business, relationships, and family. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stebbins. Sitting here across from me, the wonderful Amy. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing good. Good. All right. Today, we're going to talk about the business plan. We've, in past episodes, talked a little bit about our volume framework, and the O in volume is for optimization. And in optimizing any business, you certainly need to have a business plan. So what we're going to do is step through some of the high level things that we put into our business plan and make sure that, um, you know, if there are any questions about that, we get those handled here. So first off, why do you like to have a business plan? Well, you're going to need a business plan just to get you prepared and organized before you even start. You, You can't find out where you're going unless you know what you're starting with. And also any landlord or, business manager or bank, anything, they're all going to want you to have a business plan. So it's good to have that in place. If you're thinking about opening a salon, um, that you, you start working on your business plan to get yourself prepared. Right. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where you can think about it. You can lay awake at night, just dreaming about it. And you see it all so vividly in your head or when you, when you talk to a business partner or your partner, but until you actually get it into paper, that's when you actually got to think through this stuff and actually put some legitimate thought into it. So we like to get into the business plan really early. And honestly, I'm going to look just at the business plan that we did for our most recent salon. And the first thing that we usually need to talk about, because again, the the banks, the leases, they're going to want to know what kind of salon is this as, as the owner or as the person starting up the salon, what is your role going to be? Many of these, we've been sort of an owner-operator, but there's certainly salons where we're primarily just the owner that we're looking at. When you visualize that that piece and you start to look at what role the owner is going to have, how do you start to build that out? Yeah, then you have to figure out how big of a salon you're going to have, so how big of a team you're going to have, what the build-out's going to look like, um, what type of business you're going to have to where, you know, we talked about branding in the past. This is a, this is a key piece too, to put into your business plan because they're going to want to know if they're giving you funding or they're giving you a space. What, what exactly do you look like? What does your business look like to go into that space or to get money from them? Um, so you're going to need to know, are you an owner that's working hands-on or you're kind of, um, behind the scenes owner running the show, doing all the financials and stuff. So what, how big is the space? How big is the team that who's going to execute the actual job? Right. Yeah. So number one is just defining the owner responsibility and the staff. What is that going to look like? Are you going to hire a general manager or a manager? Is this something you're growing based on your existing book of business? That's step number one in any business plan. Number two is getting into the products and services. What are you going to sell? What are you, what types of services are you going to provide? 
How do you start to break that down? Well, this this is depending upon what kind of salon you are. So I'm I'm a luxury salon. Uh, I have a luxury salon, so my products are luxury brands. Um, they're bigger, well-known brands that are in the luxury category. That kind of sets the tone right now on your business plan for anybody looking at it. They know it, and um, you don't want to. A lot of times, your landlord won't want to put you in a space that doesn't support that too. So if if I'm saying I'm a luxury high end uh, salon and I'm going in a space that doesn't support that, they're going to be like, I don't know if you're going to, you know, be able to execute this business plan that you put together. So either you're going to have to make a, t- a decision to tweak it, or you're going to find a new location, which is good. This is why you have a business plan. You want to make sure that the space is um, suited for you and your business that you choose. So yeah, products are huge. Um, like I said, I'm luxury, so my products are luxury, but not every salon is, and not every salon that I've had is. So you have to put, you know, that down on your business plan. So you set the tone. Right. Yeah. I think like you mentioned, knowing the types of services certainly factors into the, the locations you start to look at. So that's the, the L of our volume framework is the location, but knowing what types of products and services, how big of a salon, those are those first two bullet points in the business plan that really factor right into what that lease might look like. And then the third one supports just what you're talking about. The next section is really defining your customer and being able to put that customer definition together. This is what they're going to want to see on a business plan as well. We're targeting this type of customer. There's this many customers like this in this area. We can get all the demographics. Talk about how you view the customer aspect. Well, like you said, it, it it's depending upon what, what kind of business you are. We're a luxury business, so that means that our clients are going to be ho- hopefully higher end because our prices are going to be upper too. And again, our products are going to be more expensive. Um, so that's kind of what I look at as far as the clientele that we're going to have, the price range that we're going to be in, and the area that we need to be into. Right. And even more on the demographic, we've talked about this before. You know, you don't want to be putting something, if you don't do roller sets or things like that, you don't want to be in a retirement community or things along those lines. Just looking at the location, the type of customer you're trying to attract needs to exist where where your salon is ultimately going to be. And also, if you are reliant on heavy walk-in traffic right. or there's other businesses in the area that you, you need to have to play off of um, your location for your salon and what your marketing plan is, which conveniently enough is section four in the business plan is the sales and marketing. How are you going to acquire customers? How do you start to put that part of the plan together? Well, for us, I mean, in our business, we acquire them a lot on marketing. Um, and so we, we get the clients that we're directly marketing to is the clients that we, we want to have in the salon. So we're not looking for heavy walk-ins, which we have in the past. Um, and we had that on the business plan. So for our clients, I mean, ours is, we're not looking for the traffic location. We're looking for, um, a higher end area and we're looking for, um, the clients that we market directly to because we do extensions as well. So it's a specific type of client. Right. And again, depending on the area, if you have a salon that's at the bottom of a big apartment complex, maybe you're going to do more mailers because it's right in their building or right in their their area. For us, 
we took a different approach saying we knew it wasn't a super high traffic area. So we were going to rely more on social media marketing, certainly building the referral side of the business as well with this type of service. So I think every business is going to have a different sales and marketing plan. And we have done different things with every salon. Yeah, and, for sure. and I mean, social is kind of here. I think you need that no matter what type of business, but there's all these other ancillary ways that you can sell and attract clients and you need to look at what's going to work best for your business. And that's a huge part of the business plan is how are we going to get these clients? If you already have a great book of business or something like that, well, you're starting again at a, a really great starting point. All of our salons have had no clients. So we really needed to hone in all of these points that are in this business plan. If we didn't execute exactly what was on this plan, or at least have this to kind of reflect against, we were going to be in trouble because we needed to make sure that we had a good definition for how we would acquire new customers. Yeah, and we've done the we've we've done the flyers route where we've I've had stylists stand outside the salon and that pulled them in. I mean, that was the kind of salon that was. And we've done the walk-ins where, you know, somebody was always had to be available because there was probably going to be a walk-in because we're in a good lo- walk-in location. Um, the visuals in the windows or, you know, so we've we've done all the things at different salons. So this one is just not that, but um that that all goes on the business plan at the beginning and you execute it that way too. And it just keeps you hella organized. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, here we are six months into this salon and now we're looking back at the business plan too. And yeah, just broke it out today exactly. again to go, all right, how are we going to plan? And again, great, but you know, it's something that you can keep going back to every quarter, every so often, but certainly during the build out, we spent a lot of time refining this, but also trying to perfect it as much as we could based on everything we're learning every week that we were going to be open or started to be open. Yeah. We, we changed products on there. We changed kind of, um, branding kind of concepts and stuff like that as we went like, Oh, nope, I don't want to do that. We're going to do this, this, because we were going back and forth between locations at the beginning too. So we still had a business plan. And now once we nailed down location, that kind of changed our business plan a little bit too. Yeah. So it's, and it's okay to do that, but it's just nice to have the layout and the structure on paper, like you said, because we can talk all the time and you're really good about capturing it. You're like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to get that, get that down while we talk about it. So yeah, yeah, get it into something tangible for sure. And that, that is a big part of the business plan. Next area. And again, early on, you may have two or three spots you're looking at from a lease perspective, and that may impact how you're going to sales and market that may impact the type of clientele. So some things could tweak uh, based on just what you're saying, Amy, but location is something that you need to put some definition to uh, for certainly the lease will be a huge part of that. But then if you are looking for financing or other things along those lines, you're going to, you're going to want to understand how big is the space that you're targeting? Um, what does re uh, the lease look like? What does triple nets look like? Or, you know, any other costs that you need to consider with that location cam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's always been something we spend a good chunk of time on is just the location definition and taking all the considerations in related to parking and and some of these other aspects that, that go into it. You're, you're big on the location definition. Yeah. Well, location's everything. I mean, I've, I have driven so far before for my locations, um, not at the beginning, but you know, after the fact, so it just becomes the huge as far as my time is worth something too. And so is everybody else's. So location's huge. The, um, the demographics huge, the, I mean, we always run kind of the numbers on what, what the area looks like. Can it support what we're putting in here? 
the the businesses around us That's what kind of one. what kind of businesses are they do we fit with them can we feed off of them because i mean you want to do that as much as possible too yeah. can i partner with them are we different enough but similar in a way where this the people will be coming for one or the other service uh is always a really good thing to look at so location's always exciting too at the beginning you know you're you're going to get a new a new business a new salon and so that kind of gets me inspired i start decorating in my head and building it out in my head. And, um, then we put it down on paper too, but it's just, it's really excited. It's the most exciting part at the beginning too, when you walk in that space for the first time and you're like, wow, I can see the salon Mm -hmm. and that's, what's really fun. Yeah. And just looking at our business plan, we started to map out the businesses that we thought would have an impact on ours. I mean, we had a coffee shop, we had a school that has cars driving by all day long. We had a a CVS and a couple of restaurants, gyms. I mean, and other complimentary businesses like nails and things like that. So all in this same area, you know, within a, within this, you could see each other from it, from within in that area, if I can spit it out here. So that was an important, uh, an important aspect was just to look at those businesses and that all factors into location. We knew how much space we had. So then that gets into the design, but really putting that definition together. So we've got the key pieces. We kind of know how this thing's going to run. We know what the staff is going to look like, what our responsibility is. We know what products and services we're going to run. We've got a good definition of what the clientele is going to look like. We know how we're going to get them in the door, or at least we think we do. We know where it's going to be, or at least whereabouts, but the next one is the decision on, or or I guess, defining licensing and hours of operation. What kind of salon are we going to be? Are we going to be open all day, every day, and just we're just taking walking customers one after another? Are we going to be very discreet with our hours? And also, every city's different. The licensing requirements, the whatever you need to have to just to open the door you get that on paper so you know you're not missing anything. And this is where we start making a lot of phone calls. Because again, every salon we've opened has been in a new market that we've never had anything in before. So every single salon is a new learning experience for us on what are the local regulations? What are the local laws and requirements to even not not just build out something, but just open it? Big part. Yeah, it's huge. And um, you don't want to pay for these learnings. So at the beginning, (laughs) which we've done in the past as well, but you know, it's, it's, we're just, um, the school of hard knocks here. We've just done this so many times that we've learned how things roll. So now we've gotten more efficient and smarter as we go and build out businesses, but learning the, what license you need at the beginning and who to call and what permits to pull and who pulls them and, um, how much is that going to cost? And all, all that stuff to know right out the gate, because you get in there and you still are like, did we get them all? Was there something else I needed? Because right. you'll talk to one person, they'll tell you something, you'll talk to another one. Because sometimes people just don't have their shit together and it's very confusing. So right. um, getting it at the beginning, you feel more prepared too. You don't feel like you're you're doing something you're not supposed to or you're you don't you're not legit yet. So getting that all down yeah. is very, very smart. It is. And we look at each of these blocks in the business plan as as sort of a question, like what do you need or what are we going to do? In this case, it is what are the licensing requirements that signals to us right away? We got some phone calls to make. We could have the most perfect plan and there might be some crazy reason that we can't have a salon in this location or or whatever it may be. Or the licensing is just so crazy that we know we need to wait six months to get something in order to be able to open this. That that changes everything. Maybe even the selection of the lease. So take the time to go through this. Don't wait until you sign a lease and are getting ready to do something before you go find out what the city 
requires or what the state requires or anything like that. Cause you could end up, I mean, I've seen other businesses where they just don't even let you open. Well, they we, just sit there. We've had this. I mean, it's, it's not that we didn't open and I already had, um, the salon, um, before I met you, but then I always wanted to grow it and expand it and build onto it. And it was a struggle because of zoning and, right. you know, the way that they had it zoned, you couldn't change the zoning. You couldn't add on to it this way. There was a river behind it. It was just, there was so much logistical stuff that, I mean, that was my first salon. I had no idea. Right. I probably didn't have a very good business plan at all. I know I had one, but you know, those kind of things, I didn't know that I would I would not be able to grow that space ever. I would not be allowed. And I own the building. So then you're really stuck. So, yeah. so it's happened to, to us before as well. But Right. No, that's a good point. And, and kind of goes into the last item that we'll talk about, which is the revenue plan. But thinking about not just day one, but what does that three-year, five-year, even 10-year plan start to look like? To your point, there was no... We would have had to move locations because the expense to potentially add on if that was even allowed if the city even approved it would have made it impossible so we had to start looking at other locations and you know subsequently ended up selling that salon and and moving on to a much bigger salon in another location but still that plan is important because when you sign a long-term lease you want to make sure that that's got the ability to grow the way that you plan on growing the business yeah I mean, and maybe you're like, I don't care. This one will grow and um, stay the way that it is. We'll never, I don't need to add more to this location and maybe I'll have a new location. And that's, that's okay to think that way too. But if you're thinking, and you should be thinking if you're opening business, that this is going to grow, how can I make, how can I expand it? And now um, that's what I do every time I open a salon. Now I'm like, when I hire more people or when we maximize what I currently have, how can I add more stations? Where can I find more room? What will I need to do? And will I be able to do it in this space or will I have to maybe, you know, lease the space next to me if that becomes available and expand? So I'm always thinking about that before I even open the doors. Yep, definitely. So yeah, let's segue into the final section, which is the revenue plan. Um, For those of you that do have an existing business and you're looking to open a salon or, or move on to something bigger, you at least have some numbers to start with. And I think a lot of times people say, oh, revenue projections, let's just make up some huge numbers so it mm-hmm. looks really good. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie about what you can actually do because yeah, it might look good on paper, but make sure that you're not telling yourself something that is going to put you in a tough financial spot. Make sure you really know what you're going to do year one because you've got the lease to cover. You've got all these new expenses for opening a business. You're going to spend more marketing than you probably think you will need to right out the gate. So it's so important. We always put really conservative numbers together, like worst case, like how, what would this look like if, (laughs) to start with, if you were the only employee for the entire year, the only person. Could I cover this? Could I cover this myself? And if you're not a a stylist or an active stylist, then you'll, you know, have to figure out, can my team, if you have people with you, or if you're going to hire a couple people, but we go very minimum, like just me alone as a stylist, can I, could I cover the expenses on my own? And that's what we look at. Yeah. That's the starting point. And then we start to look at how quickly we're planning to grow the team. When would be, we be ready to do that? Cause again, it, it sounds great. And I think this is another thing for people to really pay attention to. You, you can't just go hire six people day one. No. 
you won't be able to have a funnel that's going to support all six. And you shouldn't. Well, again, unless you already have this massive book of business and you know that you can divide it up, I just don't see that almost ever happening. So don't plan on, oh, the first month we're going to hire all six people or all 10 people or 20 people. There's no way that that's actually going to happen that way. No matter what you do, it's going to take some time for the referral churn to start to happen. It's going to take some time for your marketing to start to work the way that you want so that you can actually start to hone in on that uh, on that clientele. And to get good people. And to get I mean, quality people. Yeah, yes. I mean, you really want quality people. You don't want to get people in there that don't fit your brand, your culture, um, and just are, it makes it a really miserable experience. So be really picky. This yep. is your space. You put a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of work into it. So I always go in with the attitude that if it's just me for a while, I'm gonna, I'm going to be okay with that. Um, and it, you know, if it takes a while, it's okay. Just, I always go in with that, just set the tone because if it is, then I, then I, I'm prepared for it. It's not been that way, but you never know. Right. No, I think this is one of the areas that we get excited to talk about with other business owners. When we get to this part of their business plan, they'll give us a number and then we say, okay, show us how you're getting there. Yes. You have to think through that. And I'd say half the time, this is like two or three meetings with salon owners that they finally have put the time in to really say, all right, this is actually how it gets here. We didn't just randomly put 200,000 out there or a million or whatever. Yeah. There's actually a a certain process and pace that they know they can achieve. And then we can start to build that two-year, three-year, five-year, 10-year plan off of that. But initially, you, you got to really think through how you're going to get grow that business through that first year. Well, and- the bank's going to want to know if you're if you're trying to get a loan and get money from them how are you getting here how do you think you're going to get this number right uh so is the landlord so is the leasing agent so i mean all these people are going to ask you that too so if you're just throwing out random numbers like ah i'm going to make a million dollars i'm going to make two i mean you got to know how you're going to get there so right. and start off small i know i know we want a loan so we're thinking big but you also want a loan you can support right so don't be unrealistic and we wouldn't be saying these things if we haven't done this many times. I mean, I, people get advice from people that haven't haven't built out a business or haven't built out a salon before, haven't went through the steps that we have. And so, I mean, this is solid advice because we've actually used it and executed it many times. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that revenue plan, I think, is one of the critical areas. It's certainly what different parts of the business, uh, like you mentioned, the lease, the bank, other people are going to want to see that. Be, be realistic. Be fair about that. Really analyze your startup costs. Really analyze all that information, but get it into the business plan so that you know you actually have a sound plan. Because the worst thing that you can do is have this dream of starting a business, under plan, overestimate that everything is just going to be perfect day one and nothing, you know, people are just going to line up out the door like it's a new Top Gun movie. You know, it's, it's going to take a little bit of time usually. So anything else on revenue plan? Um, no, I mean, this, this also is the point that it should get you really excited when we go through the business plan and actually mapping out the vision that we have and putting it on paper. This is when it gets me really excited too. I'm like, yeah, these are the brands I'm going to use. This is the kind of business I'm going to be. This is the revenue I'm going to make, you know? So all those things, they, they set the tone and they get me really excited for what I'm building, um, at the beginning and prepared. Yeah. Well, I think like you said, we can look at it and go, 
this is going to work. Right. This is going to work. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> we like, put it all together yeah. and we read it. We and can we're all, like, yes. we can, now we can both see it, right? Because you, you might have a vision in your head, but until for me, it gets into the paper and the numbers and right. I start hearing what it's going to take to pull off this vision, it's very difficult to just talk about it. So this is a great way for us to get all those ideas into one place. Cool. Well, again, the business plan is incredibly important. We're going to put a downloadable template out there for you. So if you go to our Instagram, uh, there's going to be a link down there and you can go out and just download this template. If you're looking at building out a business plan, we'll give you some ideas on just some of the fundamental pieces that go into it. Anything else you want to talk about right now? No, I think, I think get yourself set, get a good business plan um, and get prepared and then go for it. Yeah. Actually, I'll say now looking at our business plan again here, it's good to put conservative numbers because when you crush it, you feel really good you about it. You do yourself. feel good about yeah, it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's all we said we were going to do this year? Well, <laughs> hell, we got that in spades. We still got four more months to go. Yeah. No, nice. it, it's, it, it is nice to look back at your business plan and, and see, I mean, maybe there are things that you missed and you didn't execute on and you're like, Ooh, I got to step that up or I got to, we change that or something too. So yeah. it's just good to look back at it and see if you, if you did what you said you were going to do. Yeah. It's like looking at pictures of your kids as babies. You're just like, Oh, <laughs> this was that business idea we had. <laughs> and now look at it. <laughs> and now look at it. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see y'all soon. Bye. Bye.